Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in the book of Luke chapter 13. We'll be going through and hitting the high points of Luke chapter 13. And um, McGee started on chapter 14. Um, I think we'll um, wait and get our foot in the door on chapter 14 on Monday. Just as a personal note, we've been um, recovering from the coronavirus infection uh, at our home. Everybody's well, thank the good Lord, but it has um, made um, my voice a little weak. So I'm trying to hit just some of the high points of our study so that we continue our study of Luke and not miss a single one of our studies. So we'll jump right in. Chapter 13, there were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, You think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, this is fascinating to me. This is fascinating. Don't miss this. You've got Jesus, who is the judge of all. And he's surrounded by people asking him questions. And they're telling him about tragedies. They're telling him about how terribly these people were treated by Pilate. Or the tragedy of a, a, a tower in Shalom killing people, crushing people. And 
this is this is like what we face every day with when we see tragedy volcanoes or hurricanes or tornadoes or famines or murders or just terrible things and people are trying to make sense of it and you've got the Lord Jesus right here <clears throat> able to give us a window into how he sees this and how he sees this tragedy and how he can help us make sense of it. And I don't claim to have the wisdom to present this, but this is the way I see it. And McGee made reference to it too. Christ did not promise that Christians are going to be free of trouble. Christ did not say, I am here to remove the tragedies <clears throat> of this world. Christ did not say, I have come and I've been born in Bethlehem so that anybody that believes in me is going to have a better time. He didn't say that at all. As a matter of fact, just like he stayed out of the <clears throat> earthly disputes where one person would say, make my brother, you know, split the inheritance with me. Remember when he said that? Back in um, chapter 12? came up and said, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. It was back to chapter 12, verse 13. And Jesus says, I'm not involved with that. I did not come for that. So right here, right now, Jesus could have, he could have started reacting to the terrible tragedy that happened to these <clears throat> people were tortured and whose blood Pilate mixed with the sacrifices or the tragedy of the tower falling or even like the coronavirus I'm shared earlier we were recovering from that look at that how all of that affected so many people so much suffering Christ didn't go there he didn't say that that was his purpose, to take that away from us. And the world itself, <clears throat> the world itself is a fallen world. Back in chapter 12, verse 51, remember Christ said, Do you think I have come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Christ did not come to bring peace on earth this first time. <clears throat> he came to bring division. In other words, he came to have people choose to follow him or not. That's division. That divides people. The sinner from the non-sinner, the, the believer from the non-believer. Whether you like it or not, you have to choose. Are you following him or you're following something else of this world?
That was his purpose. He will bring peace on earth when he comes back again to reestablish his kingdom. And then all that tragedy will be wiped away. But what is he here first and foremost? He is here for repentance. You have to repent. It's repent or perish. And the way Jesus sees it, he looks through that tragedy, but he says, you're not going to perish unless you repent. Because in him, those who've repented, whether a tower falls on you or somebody tortures you, somebody murders you, or you have coronavirus or something else, you've not perished. The way he sees it as eternal vision, in him nobody perishes. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. To me, that is so powerful. Um, I, I just... I think that's where my heart dwells this morning on this. I'm going to drop down to verse 24. Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. We need to strive to enter that narrow door through repentance. When the master of the house has risen and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door and saying, Lord, open to us, he will answer you. I do not know you where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank at your presence and taught in our streets. But he will say, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me. People will come from the east and the west and north and south and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some are last who will be first and some who are first who will be last. Remember, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. That's the way Jesus saw all of that tragedy that we have to live through every day. Not one of us will perish if we have repented in Him. We'll stop here. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study. For me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. And we'll take it up tomorrow, Monday, as we continue our study through this great book of Luke. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Luke chapter 13, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through to verse 7. So scripture reads, and I'll read from Luke 1 to uh, verse 5, which reads, 
there were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will also likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed the, and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So this is um, a very vital point that the Lord Jesus Christ has actually put um, up this statement here. So the Lord Jesus Christ made made uh, this particular statement and it has a number of lessons in it. So firstly, we should always recognize when you know a person or a family um, who are Christian have trouble beyond their you know average normal like they have misfortune after misfortune a series of unfortunate events uh, it's not because um, or it's not to be interpreted by you know us who are looking at that who are seeing that situation that you know they are greater sinners than other people and that's what um, you know and that what and that what has come upon them isn't because of their sin but also you know there's also the other side of the coin to look at and this is that because you're a Christian one has uh it doesn't mean that just because you're just Christian you are actually inoculate you have an inoculation that you know uh, you won't have trouble in your life. No, being a Christian is no inoculation, it's no barrier that you won't have trouble in your life. You know, as a Christian down here today, um, you know, as a Christian, you're gonna, we're going to miss the Great Tribulation period, but not the small tribulation down here on earth. And, you know, God does not apologize for the trouble that actually comes to you. So we will pass through trials and tribulations here down here on earth. But that doesn't make mean, you know, if I pass through troubles and tribulations and you don't, that doesn't mean I am a sinner and you're not. So when, you know, one sees trouble coming to someone else, you know, we shouldn't get the idea that um, we're more superior to the individual that's actually facing trouble. But the lesson to actually pick out is that maybe God is permitting um, us to actually see this particular trouble in somebody else's life in order that it might bring us to God. Maybe it's a message, you know, like, you know, so that we actually see and we get closer to God and, you know, we get to ask questions and we get to pray for the other person so that we're just closer to God. Scripture goes on to read verse 6. And, sorry, he also spoke this parable. So here we have the parable of um, the barren fig tree which Dr. J. Magee, with Dr. J.B. McGee actually relates to the nation Israel, that um, he actually came and found no fruit, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, on the tree, and he immediately pronounced a curse on it. So the Israelites can't live in that land today in peace and reject God. So God says there is no peace for the wicked. So the Israelites are his chosen people. And he will bring them back to that land someday in belief. Right now, they may be back in the land, um, but they still do not have faith. 
So, you know, they will not see any peace in that land. And you can actually see the hand of God moving through, um, you know, that nation, that people. And verse 6 actually reads, He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. So verse 7 goes on to read, Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that you can cut it down. So, you know, like the Israelites in relation. They were like the fig tree that were not bearing any fruit. So today, are we fruit-bearing Christians? That's what we're supposed to ask ourselves. You can't just go around prancing around and, you know, pausing around, you know, you being a pause and saying, I am a Christian, but, you know, do you, does your life actually reflect that you're a Christian? Do your works actually show that you're a Christian? Scripture goes into verse 10. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. So um, here uh, we have this woman um, you know, he, she, um, yeah, we'll have the case of the woman who had an infirmity, uh, an infirmity. So, um, and it's actually one of the worst recorded cases of, um, you know, ailments and infirmities in recorded in scripture. So it goes on to read verse 11 and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosened from your infirmity. So it's here, this case, it's a case uh, of, you know, a physical disability and infirmity that Luke actually gives us. So, you know, when Luke speaks uh, from his point of view as a doctor, you know, there's certain words that could not easily be translated into English because he's using like medical terms. So we just have an infirmity here. So this woman had, and, and, and this disability that she had, she had it for 18 years and which was a chronic infirmity. Um, verse, I'm going to drop down, verse 16, actually it reads, so ought not this woman, um, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosened from this bond on the Sabbath. So there are many things about life we actually don't understand. Like, say, for example, the same woman. She was not any more a person. Um, this woman was, you know, she, she regularly went to the synagogue, actually religiously went to the synagogue. She was a religious person. She was, you know, she had faith. So she was at the synagogue persistently, regularly. Um, so, you know, there's just certain things we can't explain away. You know, many times we have people, you know, who are, who have got, who, they're faithful people, they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but, you know, just, there's just like, unfortunate incident after unfortunate incident that befalls upon them. But that doesn't mean they are like bad people or anything like that. Maybe there's a message that God is trying to put across so that we can all like learn from it and draw from it. So, um, I go back up to verse 13 and verse 13 reads, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So here, he, the Lord Jesus Christ placed his hands on her and healed her immediately. So this is the hand healing faith of um, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 14. 
But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. He was, he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. So here, you know, the woman actually, you know, for starters, she went to worship. She, she actually didn't come to the synagogue to be healed. She came to worship. So the reaction of the religious ruler is, uh, you know, in his, um, it's, it's, it's actually weird. And, you know, he's more interested in the rule um, and not the faith of the person. And verse 15 goes on to read, The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? Verse 16, So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosened from this bond on the Sabbath? So the Lord actually dealt with him, you know, in this particular way, you know, where he actually rebuked him, and um, he rebuked, he 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 told him off. It's it's more like if I put it in modern day terms today, like say for example, because there's so many arguments about the Sabbath and you know what you're not supposed to do and all. So say for example, you have a car and the car has a breakdown on on the Sabbath. Does that mean you're not gonna fix it? Even if you like, you need to actually go somewhere really urgently. Maybe you need to go and see a patient in the hospital or something like that. So does that mean you say, oh, it's the Sabbath. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna fix it. It just didn't make sense. So the, these religious rulers were hypocrites. They were just more. They they could loose they loosen their ox on the Sabbath to go and drink water, uh, but when it came to like healing somebody, they 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 had uh, questions about it. So verse seventeen goes on to read, and when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. So, you know, to them the religious rulers, the Sabbath question was what was important you know religion is not a ritual christianity is a person religion is not a ritual at all you know religion is faith it's a person you know it's 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 um it's not the rules that we follow and the regulations that we follow no so um the these religious rulers they made the sabbath day a burden with the most absurd rules ever that they put across so the rest of this chapter now, we have that which we dealt with before. And so we had the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of leaven. Um, that's what we have. So um, let me just skip to verse 22, which actually reads, And he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. So, you know, He's actually now moving towards Jerusalem. And we have, you know, Dr. Luke in chapter 9, verse 55. Let me just turn to chapter 9 of Luke, verse 55. And it reads, But he turned and rebuked them and said, Do you know what manner of spirit you are of? Is it? Yeah, I don't think I'm reading the right um, verse. But anyway. Luke actually had said he steadfastly moved towards Jerusalem. So, um, yeah, sorry, that was the wrong chapter I quoted. So, you know, he was on his way to die. And we find him actually weeping over Jerusalem at this time. So now we get to chapter 14. And in chapter 14, we have another instance where the Lord Jesus Christ 
went out to dinner. So this is um, another uh, recording in scripture where he went out to dinner. The first instant where he went out to dinner was when there was that um, harlot that, um, who was washing his feet uh, where um, the religious rulers condemned um, that um, prostitute. So, um, verse 1 of chapter 14 goes on to read, Now it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. So, you know, this was just weird. You know, you go out to have dinner and people are watching you closely. So, you know, they are there to actually spy on him and to look at him and wait to see what mistakes he was going to make so that they can point them out. So verse 2 goes on to read, And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. So, you know, this man, he was obviously placed in there. You know, it wasn't coincidence. So this was a trap that was actually deliberately set up to trap him and because it was on the Sabbath. So the Lord, he never fell for any of their traps that were set for him. They just, he just like embarrassed um, them. Verse 3 goes on to read, And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and the Pharisees saying, is it unlawful to heal on the Sabbath? Verse four, but they kept silent and he took them and healed and he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them saying, so, you know, they're not answering, they're skeptical. So the Lord Jesus Christ answered them saying, which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? Verse six, they could not answer him regarding these things. So here, you know, they couldn't answer him. They were just now scared because he was going to rebuke him. They're scared of being the embarrassment. Verse 7 goes on to read, So he told them a parable. So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, When you're invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down. In the best places, least one more honorable than you be invited by him. So here, um, you know, in that day, there was no such thing as place cards. Nowadays, we find place cards. You know, name, name cards are placed on the table, so you know where you're going to be seated. So everyone of the invited guests in that day, you know, made a mad rush for the most important seat, the most important place at the table. So, um, you know, at the table in those days, there were actually four chief places. You know, there was place number one, number two, number three, number four. And number one was superior to number four. And they all actually just wanted to get to number one, to the best seat. So this parable actually reveals two things. Uh, firstly, the rich had bad manners, as Dr. J. McGee put it, which was kind of hilarious, but true in some sense. And secondly, Christ rebuked bad manners at the table and you know in our study next week we'll be invited to dinner and we'll see Christ's rebuke of these um pharisees um at the dinner table so this is our teaching for today uh lessons taken from today is you know not all that we see you know we shouldn't come to the conclusion of all that we see like when he's suffering in someone else's life you know they have one misfortune after the other uh, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, it's just a bad karma, bad omen, you know, they are sinners or anything like that. Maybe God is trying to actually tell us something. And, you know, the other, the flip side of the coin is we, should, we shouldn't think we're special. 
like oh hey because i have faith um so i'm more special than that other person this is why i'm going through you know less trouble than the other person no you know just because you're christian that does not mean you know you are vaccinated yeah inoculated from troubles in life you will face troubles and tribulations you will face a mini tribulation here on earth and um you know the last point uh, is do not you know humble yourselves it's, it's about humility be humble don't lift yourself up unless you are actually lifted by others but just don't walk into a place and feel you're better than others and you know you're full of pride and pomp and all you know least you be at least they be um somebody who's actually um more honorable than you are you know as a christian you know if you're in service you want to serve as a leader and all you're supposed to humble yourself and be your servant to the people only them will they lift you like you know um the lord jesus christ was a humble servant to all of us he came here um to serve us um so yeah so you know these are the points that i picked out very interesting study for friday thank you all for listening and god bless you all and have a pleasant day bye-bye